And we're live. Welcome back. All right, all to right, all right. <laughs> the Doomer Bloomer podcast with Will S. And the resurrection of John Wynn. How are you doing this afternoon, John? I'm doing uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. I over I overcame my pizza hangover from Friday. Okay. Uh, yeah. On Saturday, and uh, yeah, I realize that as I get older, the more my my body is a is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I could drink. I could uh, when I used to drink. I could I could drink huge. In. Like insane amounts of alcohol and uh, maybe even other substances, and you know, I'm not saying I'd be like number one, fresh, uh, fresh as a daisy the next day, but you know, I'd, I'd still manage. Now I just overeat pizza, and I feel like I feel like I, I I'm hungover. Like I, I feel like I, I used to feel when I when I was hungover, like in my early 30s or late 20s or whatnot. So. Um, I think it's just a sign that, you know, with better living, your body becomes even, becomes a lot more intolerant when you treat it, when you treat it wrong. So I, I would, I, I like to see it from that perspective instead of, so I'm just getting old and my body is becoming a weak ass bitch or whatnot, but, uh, your body, your body's a temple, your body's a temple, John. Yeah, exactly. So you know, a medium size, like maybe um, half or three quarters of a medium pizza from Boston Pizza is not that bad. But eating three quarters of an extra large pizza might not be the best thing for the temple, which which is called John Wind, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean... I think we should all be taking better better care of our health. I mean, I'm another another year older. I just celebrated a birthday. Yep. And uh, uh, relocated. Relocated. I. Anyone remembers reference Bill Goes Galt, that episode where I decide to go off the grid? Well, I'm officially pretty much off the grid. Yep. Here in in the Yukon, I made I made the move north of sixty degree latitude. So, but better amenities than where I used to live, which is kind of nice. Better internet connection too. Really? Because I, yep. I was going to say, like right now, you are pick, you are a one pixelated motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not cutting in and out. So we have a we have a stable stable connection, which is good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess, yeah. Well, better than one of those other places for sure. All right. Uh, on the docket tonight. Uh, well, this is if you haven't heard, John. This is season three. We're coming into season three of the podcast. Season uh, three would be in April, though. Uh, I, I, I wanted to I, I, around April, Easter. You know. You know yeah, I kind of, I yeah, kind of skipped the gun. I kind of jumped the gun. You, you got, you got to stick with the program. Come on. No, oh, it's season three. All um, right. Well, I guess I lost my say when uh, <laughs> on my uh, 
long hiatuses uh, here. So, yeah. And then uh, state of clown, the state of clown world order. Uh, what's going oh, on yeah. around clown oh, world? It's alive. it's alive and kicking. That's for sure. Yeah, hasn't really, yeah. hasn't really quit. Yeah. Um, I looked up a new term on Urban Dictionary called "based." Based. Based. What does based mean? So, Urban Dictionary is based, a word used when you agree with something or when you want to recognize someone for being themselves, courageous and unique, not caring what others think, especially common in online political slang. The opposite of cringe, sometimes the opposite of biased. Oh, okay. I've seen it. So I've seen it. The opposite, seen it. Of, the, the opposite of CNN. Yeah. Or uh, a lot of uh, this mainstream media, or CBC nowadays. Joe Joe Rogan Joe Rogan would be based. Yeah, Joe Rogan would be based, like based, yeah. rea- ba- based in reality. Yeah, not, yeah, uh, not uh, propaganda. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, no one can be right, like especially someone that's swimming in so many different ideas on on a uh, daily and weekly basis like joe rogan i mean he can't be right about everything but i think his the way he approaches various topics and ideas is from a base point of view right i you know he he doesn't feed in and, and and these be it far left or far right ideologies uh, to make a decision on what he thinks is uh, the what he thinks about a certain topic, what, what develops his worldview, if you will. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, look, I, I mean, we've done, we've done multiple podcasts, you even more, uh, more than me. And I mean, opinions can evolve over time. And, you know, I've seen many of my opinions, even like within a short year, kind of, kind of evolved in uh, different directions. Right. Uh, you yeah. can only make it, you know, we're always we're always making decisions with the facts and the data we have in front of us, and and not only that, there's also the filter of our own biases, our own uh, our our own prior information and 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 opinions and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's very hard to make to make like precise absolutely objectively informed decisions on on every single topic. But I mean, we're swimming in this day and age we live in. We're, we're no long, we we don't long, we no longer just have access to information. We're swimming in information. We're like in a constant ocean of information all the time. So um, to be based in this day and age, especially I think is, is, is a great compliment, right? And I try to to be like that as much as possible, but you know, we all we all make mistakes. We all uh, we all might say things that are not the best representation of reality. But I'm really having trouble finding people, you know, uh, any source of information that uh, is that source of information. So it's like. The best thing, like critical thinking is the best, is probably one of the best skills anyone can have in this day and age. And I think it's, and you know, that used to be something you would 
you 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 would get classes on that in higher education. Now, I I I believe like higher education has gone completely the opposite way of critical thinking, right? Because most of the these completely new bizarre ideas are coming from that space, right? So it's a uh, I, I very would, fascinating would say, age we live in. Well, I would I, I, I would I would say I, I would say it's it's uh, I mean these. The degree, I call them degree mills. I mean, they're just, they're they're not, they're not, yeah, they're not teaching critical thinking, critical thinking skills anymore. Not at all. It's at a, a university. You know? No, I mean, they're they're. It's basically indoctrination and dogma at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, believe it's, me, it's, I've been, I've been, I've been trying to adjust to it lately at my new. At new position right and i'm and i'm in the trade i'm in and i'm in the trades faculty yeah when i started in trades almost 10 years ago there was there was no there was no talk of of um i i never thought there'd be a day and age where they had they would specifically bring woke woke culture into the trades the trades wing yeah um, so i was i was a little bit a little bit taken aback yeah, man, it's not, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, you can't say that every single talking point and idea within woke culture is, is bad, right? It, like, I'm sure, uh, like, I know the, on certain, on certain topics and subjects, they're, they're, they're making valid points. The thing is, is that the way they're enforcing it is through a regime of fear. Yeah. And, and I, I would say that's, that's the main, uh, that would be like the main crux, but, it, but it's also packaged with so much ridiculous nonsense that you're basically taking away like the real value of your valid points, right? If you're an ideology, it's basically if if um, if fifty percent of what I say is right on the money, right on point, but then the rest of the fifty percent is is absolute trash and garbage. And plus, on top of it, I want to push the one hundred percent of my values and ideas and principles through bullying and uh, fear politics and all that. Like, how how do, how do you expect this to be taken seriously? It'd be, it'd be, to a certain degree, like, yeah, we can see this type of, of wokeism kind of infect like all the, the various spheres of society, but are people sincere about like, are, are people really sincere about it? No, on the contrary, it's probably festering a lot, uh, a lot of fucking bullshit in a lot of people's minds. People that you would think are the most, uh, are the most, uh, agreeable to this are probably the ones that actually have the most uh, real racial problems and homophobic and transphobic and, uh, and and so on. Right? It's people are are using, you know, and a lot of people like sociopaths and psychopaths are probably just using this to fucking bully people and uh, have have a feeling of super, superiority over people. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I it's it's definitely it's, I, it's definitely come it's definitely come 
like I said, in the last 10 years, it's definitely come around full circle, right? Yeah. That, I, that you, that we actually, I want, I want to say there, there, there should be inclusions, but there should be inclusions, but I also don't agree with special interest groups. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's the thing that, right. That, that kind of chaps my butt, chaps my ass a bit is that yes, yes, you can be included in trades, that doesn't mean necessarily that you should have special treatment, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, so, equal opportunity, not equal outcome, right? Exactly. You know, we're not going to lower the standard for one group, especially especially when we're talking about trades. We're talking about like like security. Uh, like I know you're the you're you're in the electrical space, right? So one bad mistake for the sake of inclusion or whatever can cause a fire can kill people can cut you know or can can destroy million millions of dollars of work right you're building like a multi-complex like a like an office tower or a mall or something like that and there's like this huge mistake and no one knows where it comes from i mean that, that that can cost so much money to to whoever but even worse than that is you know if it creates an electrical fire i don't know how common that is in your in your well, industry honestly it's like when i when i instruct or teach apprentices and i've had quite a few apprentices in my, mm-hmm. in my career like more than five probably closer to closer to seven or ten okay and and it's it's really honestly about individual apt individual aptitude and ability yeah. to take ability to take instruction and follow instructions and 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 then apply apply that apply apply the knowledge the theory and then the application um, you know and what what I what I'm teaching what I'm really stress upon is competency and consistency Across, right if you do the same the same thing the same way every time yeah and even if there is a problem or you made a mistake yeah someone someone will be able to check or see that mistake very easily yeah but if yeah. you just if you just go off script and do it however the hell you want and you didn't pay attention to the convention of black wire white wire return that sort of thing and you didn't like do your color coding properly or something like that. Yeah. Or if you didn't actually follow the, the legal, the legal document that we follow in Canada is the Canadian electrical code. If you didn't, if you didn't follow the Canadian electrical code, uh, cause it's a minimum standard. If you didn't meet the minimum standard. Yeah. Then <clears throat> in my opinion, you're not competent. And that's exactly that. That is more important than, special interest groups or whatever sort of gender spectrum. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. If for whatever reason there was a minority that was light years ahead of, of, uh, you know, say a white Caucasian male, right? Mm-hmm. If say for whatever, a, uh, lesbian latina woman and there was like many of them were the best ones on the job you'd be you'd be you'd be preferring those people on the job you wouldn't care about their 
their skin color or their orientation or their sex or whatever. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It comes down to what you can produce and what, what value, like what, what merit you bring to the job. Exactly. It's exactly. It's just being based. You're, you're judged based on your merit. Now, like, don't get me wrong. I know in trades and in other industries, there's been outright discrimination no matter what their merit is, right? So it, it, there's there there's a value of, like, trying to minimize that type of discrimination uh, in, a, in an industry or a workplace or whatever you want to call it, right? But it's then taking whatever past indiscretions, uh, you know, uh, a society or an organization or, or an institution might have had, and then flipping it completely to the other way, right? You always want to bring back whether, whether, are you still there, Bill? Yep. Yeah, okay, okay, because I saw you disappear there for a second. The end goal is just to bring back everything to competency and merit, right? That's yep. that's the only thing. So we we don't want we don't want people that have a different color of skin or ethnicity or sexual orientation or whatever to be discriminated when they when they are competent. But at the same time, we don't want to bring in people because they have a different color of skin and give them a free pass on on things when they when they are incompetent. I mean, I think that's a very based way, if I paraphrase you, based way of looking at things. You know? Yeah. And um, it, and it and it goes both it goes both ways. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I ha I have seen and I have trained and I've worked with both sides of the spectrum, uh, female, male, in between it really does come, it comes about, it comes down to like your, your basic worth, your basic work ethic, your trainability. And do you follow instructions and do you do consistent work that can be verified to the letter of the code? That's basically what it comes down to. Exactly. Exactly. Now, and, and I think maybe some of the reason why people are pushing back and I, I you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but may, like for someone like you, you might be pushing back on that. Is that you've never really had any animosity towards uh, various cultures or orientations and stuff like that in your heart prior to this uh, woke takeover, if you will, right? Like I, I, I've known you for 11, 12 years now. Uh, before this was like a, this was like an issue, uh, like, like, you know, people didn't have these conversations before about um, this, this constant, uh, these constant discussions about race and sexism and all that. Uh, I mean, it was there, but it wasn't as prevalent uh, as it is today. Now, like identity politics is, is part of uh, everyday culture, no matter, no matter where you go. Uh, so it's frustrating for people that have never felt that type of of animosity towards uh, various uh, 
you know, these various isms, if you will, uh, be again, be them race, uh, orientation, uh, sex and gender and all that. It, it, it's very front. Like you've always been base looked at things based on someone's merit, right? You, you, you never that, had, it's like, you were never that, like the type of person like, Oh, this person is a black man or this, uh, the, this is a woman or this is that, uh, you were never judging these people based on that, right? So it, it must be frustrating for you that now there's this new type of of considerations that, that you have to make because it's almost like presumed or assumed that you do have those discriminatory ideology within you, right? It, it takes the posture that it takes the posture that I'm automatically the bad guy from the from the get go. Yeah, and, and you I, have that, to be reha- rehabilitated. Yeah, or 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 that I must be. Um, what do they call that? A a, a male ally in feminism, like you know, what I, you know what I mean. I, I have I have nothing I have nothing against people for feminism except that in t- today's society it's been took it's been took into the to the extreme where it actually pushes back the other way automatically without yeah. giving, getting without giving consideration to my to to my um previous inclinations yeah, it automatically assumes like it just like you said that you're 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 the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. So so I mean that that can be frustrating to a lot of people um uh, you know, like I I've always uh, like what when I started becoming more and more aware of this ideo- this ideology uh, and the pervasiveness of it through all this, the various spheres of society, uh, I'm like, I've always considered myself a classical liberal. You, you know, your your Bill Mars, your Joe Rogans, your uh, you know, uh, your Dave Chappelle's, right? Mm. And I've always considered myself like in that type of category of person uh, with my views on uh, on these various topics. And as the years progress, like I. I started really like I started noticing this trend like probably in 2012, you know, 2012, 2013. But I started really seeing the the pandemic style of the of this of these ideas like probably in 2015, uh, starting to really ingrain themselves in society. And in 2000, since 2016, it's just skyrocketed even more. Um, and it's it seems to be growing at an exponential rate to the point that it's like everywhere now, right? It's it, it's it's uh, everywhere you look at. It, it was like very niche before, like education, um, certain uh, networks, and all that. But now it's everywhere. And I and I think yeah. my and I think my point is that you're you're taking you're you're you're, you're trying to say that people that are more more left to than the center 
are are bad people also and they have to be re-educated and retrained to to be active members uh, to be productive and upstanding members of society which is which is absolutely insane who the fuck are you guys you guys just like appeared on the scene a few years ago and now you're trying to deconstruct and tear down all of uh, uh, societal values that have given rise to you know uh, objectively the, the the best state humankind has ever been in right like if you there's, if you look at Steven no... Pinker right okay Steven Pinker uh, he's written a book and he's caught he's caught a lot of flack uh, by saying that objectively human beings across the board even in the in the worst in the worst countries in the world right now are doing light years better than human society as a whole even if you just uh, rewind 50 years ago be it all the metrics like crime uh crime uh poverty starvation uh disease um general access to like just having access to all kinds of uh, technologies and stuff like that objectively human beings have never have never been better like all the other metrics like sexism racism and so on has never ever been better and you know people are are trying to make us think that we're like living one of the worst stages of society when it comes to all these metrics. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you were to plug into CBC radio, you'd think we were living in the, in the caveman days or something. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, it's, uh, yeah, it gets, it gets a little frustrating after a while. Yeah. No, <laughs> 10 years ago, 10 years ago, um, LGBT people weren't allowed to get married. Like gays and lesbians weren't weren't, weren't allowed to to get married. Uh, now we're now that that that's only ten years ago. Now that's such old news that no one you know no one even flinches when when they're when shit like that is talked about. Uh, and now we're pushing, we're having debates if we should like be injecting hormones in five, six, seven, eight year olds that, you know, might have had uh, a day where they're like, oh, I think I'm a girl, mommy, or vice versa. Or, right. Or in, in California now, if you're a retailer for child's toys, you have to have both boy, girl, and neutral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they're they're yeah they're they're taking away like boy and girl sections and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, I was talking about a, uh, with a friend yesterday about, and this is a fairly uh, this is an older story, maybe within. Uh, I think I read the first time I read this article was about a year ago or something about this BC man that got uh, arrested for not recognizing uh, his uh, teenage, I think it's a daughter. Like, So I don't want to butcher like the information, so I don't want to put out any false information. But he basically went to jail for for not wanting his daughter to to, to become, to, 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 to have hormones and stuff like that. Okay, Did, didn't want his daughter to transition? Yeah, exactly with hormones and stuff like that or 
son to female or daughter to male. Uh, again, it's it's a little bit, um, but there's there is an article I can send it to you if you want to put it. You can if you want to put it in the description, and you can let the viewers decide what they think about that. Uh, about that law, but it's pretty crazy. So if you're a parent, essentially like the gist of it is if you're a parent and your, uh, your, your kid uh, is having, is questioning their identity, their gender and all that, you not going along uh, with, with them to transition, including like pumping hormones into them, uh, is a crime and you can get locked up for it. That that's 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 what I was that's the erosion of traditional values. That, that I think that's what we want. <clears throat> yeah, man. No, I mean there are I, there are no traditional values left. Well, I wouldn't even say values. Like traditional values. I've never been like this uh this guy that's like, oh traditional values you know I'm not the guy that that's like, oh, I had to be married by a certain age and then have kids and, and, and you know, maintaining the family structure is, is essential if not you're a failure. I, I mean, if someone was anti-traditional, it, it, it's definitely been me. But, I mean, we're, we're, not only, we're, we're going beyond uh, the destruction of traditional values. We're, 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 we're breaking down language and reference and reference points right like the the idea of you're a boy and you're a girl is it is being deconstructed and being destroyed for for a very very small minority of the population like a 0.1 percent of the population uh look when you're a kid you're you're somewhat of a blank slate besides the very limited experiences you've had your uh and your genetics so uh, basically a kid is taking whatever is around in their environment and uh, and what's innate to them and using those little pieces to construct their identity well, one of the main things a kid has to construct their identity is their fucking genitals, right? And the and the biological fucking uh, conditions that come with that. I mean, that's how the, that's how you build uh, that's how you 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 build the biology. Like we know for a fact that men, men have a little bit more uh, ambition and aggression and stuff like that. That's why men are a lot more oriented towards sports or other and of course there's always these it's a spectrum but as a whole boys are are naturally going to gravitate towards uh, certain things more than women and vice versa right i mean do you think like these multi-billion dollar companies were were tailoring toys or activities or and stuff like that uh to try to mold kids into society uh to a certain stereotype in society no they just whatever they knew was going to catch the attention of their market they're, they're going they're going in the path of least resistance they knew that boys wanted to be cowboys and 
pirates and stuff like that. And they knew girls wanted to fucking take care of little babies and imitate their mothers. It's not, it's not like this, this, this society that was necessarily forcing that onto them. It's just a bio. It's the path of least resistance on average. Most people would, would follow that. I I never felt pressure that I needed to get a He-Man uh, a, a, a He-Man sword or GI Joes and Transformers when I was a kid, I was three years old and I was absolutely obsessed by all that crap, man. I was like, uh, like I would, I, I, I would, I would uh, throw tantrums if I, my mom wouldn't buy me a fucking GI Joe or, uh, or like a play gun or whatever. I wasn't brainwashed to, to fuck it. On the contrary, my, my, my parents probably wanted me to tone that shit down. Right? No, it was innate inside of me. It, it, it was this, this, this innate genetic, genetic thing that pushed me to want those things. I didn't choose to want those things when I was three years old. Right. And it's Hmm. Since I'm a boy and I got a penis, I'm going to want, uh, what I what I need to do is want the He-Man thing and the G.I. Joe thing, right? <laughs> so to now deconstruct that gender identity is a is a complete society society uh, societal construction, which is the postmodernism view, is is ridiculous, right? Like our 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 society is constructed via the base material that's within the human species which manifests itself uh, slightly different between the sexes and and all that and then culture will yes society and culture will mold certain might, might tone down certain aspects exacerbate certain aspects so i mean there there is a little bit of validity and all that but uh all in all, people need to shut the fuck up and <laughs> take take yeah. a take a chill pill, man. Seriously, yeah. they gotta take they gotta take the Dave Chappelle attitude and just be like, yeah, I like cancel culture. It's good for business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you watched the, the you watched the special though, right? I didn't. Watch oh, it. I did. I did, man. Like it, it... but it's like. It's big news, right? But almost every special now for the last three, four years, every special that Dave Chappelle comes out, it's like the same outrage. And, and you know, I, I this guy pokes fun at every single fucking facet of society. And yeah, he 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 he's like no holes bars. Like it's it, it it's 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 the it's it's. He's so discriminatory against everything that it can't not be. It's like not not discriminatory. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you're making fun of all of it and the fact that it's making fun of itself, then is it really discriminatory? I don't think so. Well, first of all, they're fucking jokes. They're fucking jokes. Well, and, and if you exa- yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and if you're if you listen to his special. He talks about his relationship with a friend of his that was a trans person that actually killed themselves when they when they actually defended Dave Chappelle uh, because of prior stuff. 
prior frustrations from the trans community. And, and I think, it, and it's not only the trans people. I mean, I think it's funny that, you know, if we just take some, like religion, for instance, uh, you'll have uh, a Catholic that's going to be in a comedy, in, in a comedy uh, uh, show, and they'll laugh at some of the most darkest, gruesome fucking jokes there is. But as soon as it touches home and the comedian will talk about like uh, uh, the Catholic religion, whatever, they'll throw like a pedophile priest joke in there well, that, or a Pope joke or whatever. Now it's completely unacceptable. So you're laughing at the, at the so-called misery of all these other groups and all that. And you thought it was, it was, it was, it was really funny. And as soon as it touches your little, your little uh, world, your little bubble, it's unacceptable at this point. So I, I don't know. And I, I mean, I, I'm not saying anything new here. Many comedians, I, I love comedy myself. I, and I follow a lot of them. I mean, you know, that's pretty much the gist of, of their experience right there. You know, whenever they get complaints or whatever, they're, you know, they get a lot of fan mail saying, hey, I loved your comedy before, blah, blah, blah. But this joke here about this particular group is unacceptable. Well, shut the fuck up, man. Shut well, the fuck up. You're, you're laughing comes- at all this other shit, you know, dead babies or whatever. <laughs> and now, oh, because I made a little joke about your little group. It, now it's unacceptable. Shut the fuck up, man your head up the ass if you don't like it don't watch it anymore and uh that's it man well it comes it comes back to the special the special interest groups again right it's yeah every everybody everybody's screaming for special attention well guess what just like chuck palinuk says in fight club nobody's special okay you're not a special little snowflake we're all just Decaying Chuck organic Palinuk, that That's the author of the book, Fight Club? Yes, Chuck Palinuk is the author of the Fight Club. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember his name, but... Uh, you know, and, the, and, and, and like that, and that, and that book, and that book is about the lost, the lost, like a lost generation of, of men. That's what that book is about. Yeah. It's about the men that grew up in fatherless homes with single mothers and then you know, they they just didn't have much manhood at the end of the day. So it's <laughs> I don't it, know. It, I, it's a it's a fascinating. I haven't read the book, uh, but I did see the interview with uh, Chuck on Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. and 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 the movie. Of course, I I, I must have watched like uh, ten to fifteen times. I it, it's it, to me, it's such an iconic movie, and and it, it really it. it when you look at that movie and that book in retrospect, because this was created in the late nineties, right? Yeah. And if you, if you were to put that into woke culture today, that'd be like, Oh, that's toxic masculinity. Oh yeah. And I, I've actually read articles about how they talk about it as toxic masculinity and all that, but like, I, no, that, 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 the, tri- the trial, the trial, the trial by the tribe has been traditionally how men became men. Yeah. Throughout all throughout throughout all other parts of history, right? In order to go become a man, you had to go through a trial by your tribe. Yeah. Whatever that whatever that trial was, right? If you had to go slay the the slay the wolf or fight the bear or whatever you had to go do. 
Yeah, yeah. You know? Spend uh, spend like a month away from the tribe, uh, alone in the wilderness, or and survive, and so on. Exactly. Like men, uh, I I heard a saying a long time ago when I was a kid by reading a book, and it it, it went from this is actually from a Quebecois author, so it's a French book, and um, I I think the chapter started. Uh, women are men need to be created and yes. uh and, and that was actually uh, so that was the intro introduction of the chapter and uh, and the chapter delved uh very very much into the the point you're making where uh men uh, uh typically men especially before but it it, it almost seems innate means kind of like a rite of passage to become to be considered a man right they have to go through certain trials and tribulations to to be able to have that title uh, of a man and um yeah society uh, society definitely uh, definitely has uh anesthetized well, if you will well, that we, uh, we 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 live in a weak we live in a weak man society now Oh, definitely, man. It's 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 blatant. It's blatantly clear, <laughs> man. When I play when I play with my friends uh, online, uh, video games like Fortnite and so on, I have a simple alert now. So, <laughs> like, something. One of my friends is being like too uh, too weak with a woman. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll actually I'll I'll put it on here. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I, <laughs> okay. I I just think. I, I just think it's uh, it's funny, but um, hold on, where is it? Hey, where? Ah, oh, there, there it is. We'll just uh. Sorry, so, what? It suck, suck. No, simp. Oh, simp. Oh yeah, simping. Yeah, yeah quit fucking simping, you fucking silly boy. Sit. <laughs> Sit. We, oh, that's what that's what we gotta do. We start. We got. We gotta start like getting uh, getting like some like sound effects shit going on in, on this podcast. Yeah, 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 for sure. So we got, so we got a sim, so, simp simp alert. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, I mean, uh, like we weren't even planning on talking about this topic, but man, Jesus Christ, like the uh, these uh, OnlyFans. Uh, oh god these uh, streamers these streamers on twitch uh, these female streamers and all that that just they have ridiculous they, don't get me wrong there's a lot of good female streamers out there that are putting that are putting like some quality content and and stuff like that and some of them happen to be sexy and you know might use that a little bit to their advantage and that's fine in my opinion as long as you're putting good content but you have like these women that are doing wow. such it, ridiculous it, vapid bullshit and you have these simps that are emptying their bank accounts in their wallets for these women and in, in the hopes of getting their attention and just being used and abused by the, these women and it, it, it is so prevalent and common i mean simps have always exi existed in all societies a lot of people think it's a newer word this, uh, I've known about this word like since the '90s, right? It, it's it's 
it's prevalent in uh, in uh, hip hop culture and shit, right? Like, you know, a sip is a weak man. Basically, I'll do anything to get the attention of a woman, and uh, you know, will uh, will basically lose all their self respect uh, for for that attention, and that that's definitely a sign uh, a sign of weakness but i think there's always been some of those and but if we go back to fight club uh i think you know cuz i you know i'm older than uh, you know a lot of people but i'm not that old and you know i grew up in in the age of when divorces became more and more common and you know, I grew up in a single mother household myself and all that. And, but it's true. Like you're, you're, you're having women, uh, that are often bitter, um, yeah. uh, towards men trying to, uh, trying to instill their values in their, in their sons. Right. And then we have a society that encourage, that encourages you to build your identity on how much money and the possessions you have. And that, that was the point of fight club, right? It's uh, like in the beginning where the guy's like, Oh yeah, I'm feeling, trying to construct my identity by uh, the, the various Ikea furniture I have in my, in my luxury condo. Right. And, and, and basically you know, you have these men that's that still have that desire and that urge to 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 be with with beautiful women and and be part of their lives and share and you know fuck fuck love and so on, but then they have no way of 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 they're they're just going they're just following their programming of oh this is how you have to be in society and this is how you have to be to get those women but it goes against both biological or urges on the woman's side women don't want like weak men like nice guys and uh men men are not naturally the these these weak these weak creatures that are that are gonna destroy their self-respect uh, to get what they want in life. You know, men, uh, typically, you know, if you're going to be a successful man, even, even today, you have to take risks. You have to, you, Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to suffer and sacrifice certain things to be able to get, uh, to, to achieve your goals. Right. So Burden, burden of performance. Exactly. Exactly. And women like, and that's the thing because women today are still like this. They're still following their, their biological urges of, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, typically, and there's always exceptions to that, but women are waiting at the finish line for the winner. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not in the training room saying, Oh, this guy has potential. Let's see uh, if, uh, uh, if this guy, uh, I, I think this guy might make it. No, they're at the finish line. Say, okay, this and, one and, lost, lost, and, lost, and yeah. And and the other side of it is, is that society is trying to make women into shitty, women into shittier or or equivalent versions of men, and it's just not possible. Yeah, right? because exactly. Um, to paraphrase uh, Stefan Arnio in his book, "Strong Strong Men Create." 
hard times, then we have women that are like neurosurgeons or brain surgeons or lawyers, and they get into their 30s and they're they're looking to date up or marry up. Yeah. And there just aren't any men in their bracket anymore. Right? Exactly. The, the, because they, the, their high expectations are pricing, they're pricing themselves out of the market, basically. Right. Exactly. You know, right. Because, you know, by the, by the, you know, but, and just like, and biologically speaking, by the time women are into the 30s, they're, they're, they're asked, they're out of their prime biological fertility zone as well. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not something that, that society is, is, is telling these women, you know, back when they're 17, 18 years old either. They're, they're saying they can have everything. Well, you can't have everything. You can only have what you truly want, right? And you have to make a decision what you want. And even then, like you, you might all always get what you truly want on top of that, right? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, this, this, this thing of um, follow your dreams and don't yeah. settle <laughs> and, and, and all that I, is the, the whole passion culture. Fuck, I hate that so much. There, no. there's definitely there's valuable kernels of truth and i think there's merit of like you know going pursuing your dreams and what you really love and all that but just know that it's not a guarantee that you're going to uh to make it and and i mean if you look at 90 percent of businesses out there like billion dollar million multi-million dollar companies and stuff like that they're not based in fucking people's passions. They're based on real world, uh, real world pro- solutions to real world problems, right? The 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 billion dollar septic tank fucking industry is wasn't built on on uh, people. You know what? I'm passionate about septic tanks, right? No, it's that you know? somebody somebody needs to store their shit somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. Right. And like, this is the solution that we, that we come up with for it. Exactly. And, and a lot of times it's like you, you, you develop passion on doing something. You don't necessarily want to do that much, but it's not like, it's not such a hindrance. Like for instance, right. Uh, if we take the septic tank dude, right. The guy, okay. He had to make ends meet. He became a plumber. He, he needed septic tanks a lot of times to, uh, vac out like, uh, you know, crap and stuff like that. And then he saw a market. He's like, Hmm, how about if I start selling these, uh, myself that like, like these services and these, I know, I know the industry and all that. And he starts like say, Hmm, he becomes passionate of being his own man of being his own uh, or woman or being his own, uh, independent person. And he becomes passionate of like building something of his own, and that and that's where that passion comes to, right? It it, mm-hmm. it, it, it it's a pa- he becomes passionate of building something of his own in an industry that he knows he's competent in. You can become you can become passionate about something because you you see a progression of your competency in that area, right? That that can create. That that's actually most of the time what actually creates passion, right? Yeah, I I would I would say, um, 
it's better than it's better than doing, going to a factor a factory degree mill nowadays, in my opinion. Yeah, you you mean universities? Yeah, it's like, again, I'm going to reference Stefan Arnio. He 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 basically says that we've entered into the conceptual age. So the people the people who can create jobs and create opportunity are the people who are going to be the most successful in the society that we've now created, right? Just relying just relying on a job or one source of income is not enough anymore. It just isn't. Yeah. You know, we have to be entrepreneurial. We have to be enterprising, you know. Um, <laughs> let's face it. I, I, I have done so many things since the age of 20. I can't even keep track of them all. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just happen to be specialized in one area that I call electrical because that's my primary focus and my primary competency. But that doesn't yeah. mean that I haven't expanded that to sales, marketing, understanding psychology, you know, but I didn't have to go to a, to a, to a university. You know, I, I can pick, I can pick up those skills for a dollar 50 and at the public library. Exactly. You know, exactly. Or for free on Google, man. Like I, man, seriously, like I, I, I've, uh, myself, I've, I've explored multiple avenues myself and, um, you know, I'm, uh, uh, even like various industries, like, as you know, I I'm in the transportation industry. I'm also in the it industry. Um, I, you know, I'm heavy into trading be, uh, be it cryptos and the uh, classical markets, uh, the stock markets and their derivatives like futures and options and stuff. And, and, uh, I've learned everything. I've invested some money in, into education, like in trading, I've invested, uh, on, uh, various, uh, products and in education services and stuff like that i i must have invested uh you know at least on my own dime like five six grand or whatever yep but definitely 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 a lot cheaper than a degree in finance uh that would cost me like uh over six figures over time after three four years and would not give me any real world experience in, in the actual markets I'm tr- that i that i trade in right uh, like some of some of the best strategies i've picked up were actually on youtube right there's a lot of crappy strategies for trading on youtube but uh you know, if you're able, the more you learn, I've read a lot of books, I've had training. So with the training I had, it gave me a good basis to, to kind of be able to detect if something is bullshit or not. Mm-hmm. And, um, you oh. know, I, it, it, this is, this is, uh, this is going beyond the means of education, the transportation industry, as you know, I've, uh, I've made, uh, uh, pretty lucrative li- living with that. It, my education with that is some YouTube videos, uh, Google searches, and a three hundred dollar course. After I did all my initial research, applied my real world, uh, uh, my real world experience in sales and marketing, and voila, I've uh, you know I've made uh, I've made well over six figures uh, uh, with. Uh, 
by working at home in my pajamas if I want to. So, yeah, the educate. I, I was talking about this with my wife yesterday, and how it's such a scam. Like, if you look at places like Germany, their education is free, yeah. but just like we were talking about in the beginning, it it's a meritocracy. It's not about it's it's about the grades you have. And speaking of which, this is actually something I wanted to talk about. Like in New York, in the public school system. They took away uh, Mel de Blasio um, on his way out. He eliminated all the uh, uh, gifted and honor student programs and stuff. So there, so there is no dis- distinction. There's just a participation badge? Pretty much. So basically the, the reasoning is because in the school system, um, there's like, I think, 1.5 or 2 million students in the New York uh, public school system. And 70, 70 to 70% of it are black and Latino. But when they look at the school, uh, the gifted and honor students and all that, uh, 70% of those or 75% of those are Asian and white. So because of that disparity of uh, inequality of outcome well now they 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 want to get rid of that in in the hopes of being by taking away their opportunity they might be able to give that opportunity to everyone and lift up the the bottom right instead of just lifting up the top but that doesn't work right no that, that that's just that's just that's just shifting the shifting the bell curve in a sense the percentile yeah curve. Exactly. That, that, that just doesn't work. I mean, uh, in education, st- SATs are being taken out of the, the equation, but there's always this moral, uh, this moral excuse of doing it. But seriously, it's probably way more financial reason to do that because the, the quality of education is going down. Values oh, yeah. of diplomas of even even legitimate diplomas like engineering. We're, we're not talking about like fucking garbage diplomas like fucking uh, uh, liberal arts degree and shit like that. We're talking about like fucking engineering, medical diplomas and stuff like that. That value is going down because of, of your diploma is going down because more people that are not necessarily apt to have those diplomas, they're lowering the standard so people uh, can have access to it uh, when it was a lot harder to be able to achieve uh, a diploma like that. Now, so now, that, you, yeah. now that I'm back, but now that I'm actually instructing, like yeah. this is something I'm vehement, I'm, I'm like vehemently against. Like I'm <laughs> exactly. And you're in the, tr- like you're, you're at a university, but it's still trades, right? Which is yeah. a lot more black and white than uh, something as uh, ethereal in a sense than fucking uh, women's studies or liberal arts or whatever, which I'm not saying they don't have, they absolutely don't have value, but uh, let's be real. <laughs> Those studies are not worth fucking the paper a year's, that printed, uh, the like paper a middle class on. person's salary. A middle person, a middle class person's year's salary, right? Uh, I mean, these kids are. Uh, 
I, I think the average student debt is 80 grand mm -hmm. to get their degree. And most of them are worthless. Most of them are worthless. So of course, these, these banks and these, uh, these, these financial institutions that are giving out these loans, these are loans you can't default on. They will put you in jail, even if you go bankrupt. And I, I, I think Joe Biden, though, is, is doing something to forgive uh, all these debts now, which, you know, whatever your opinions are on Joe Biden, I think uh, that's, definitely, that's definitely something good. But uh, yeah, why? Of course, their incentive. They can use all the moralistic explanations they want. Of course, their incentives is going to be, yeah, the more students we have, the more we can fucking give out these loans and make money. And hey, why not like decrease the fucking uh, quality of the education? You know, they they owe us no matter what. They're basically our slaves. And you're asking fucking. You're asking fucking kids that are 17, 18, 19 years old to fucking make life-changing decisions that are going to follow them for, for some people all their lives and some people at least like uh, 10, 15 years of their lives to pay off that type of debt for most people. And you're asking the, the, these people because you're, you have a society that's brainwashing them that to get ahead in life is to have a degree and so on, you, you know, uh, instead when when the reality is like for someone that's in trades you can earn a really good living in trades right yeah you and there's so and and that and, and you, there's so many different pathways when i started my apprenticeship i had no 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 thought of becoming an instructor at some point but yeah. i've been in i've been in it long enough that i just i've trained enough people and I, I, it's a natural, it's a natural fit for me for right yeah. now, but will I still do side jobs or c construction on the side? Yeah, of course I will. You know, yeah. it's just, I, I feel that yeah. I, I, I get the most benefit and I think my, one of my strengths is teaching other people to do what I do. Exactly. And you didn't you didn't have to go to university to get a professorship or whatever. Like you're you're you basically trained to be a competent fucking electrician, and now universities are hiring you to fucking teach other people, right? Mm -hmm. Trades like look at the trucking industry. So if you look at like the 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 lowest on the totem pole on in the freight industry is the employed truck driver. So the so basically the truck driver that doesn't have his own truck or is not leasing his truck to uh, a brokerage or uh, a trucking company, he's just hired by a trucking company and uh, hired to drive the truck and go from point A to point B. It's a hard job. It, don't get me wrong; it's a very hard job, and thank God we have them. But there's they're paid. Here in Canada, like I, I've got a few trucker friends. Uh, one of my friends, he, he's able to make ninety grand a year, uh, trucking man. Like between eighty and ninety grand a year. That, like, I think the median income uh, for Canadians is what, like, it's between forty-five and fifty grand a year. I think the typical median in income. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. I, so then you then you got like owner operator. So this is a driver that buys his own truck, 
that leases his services to a trucking company or whatever. He might act independently at, under his own authority, or he might just work under a trucking company's own authority, but he's, he's, he, he can refuse any load he want. Uh, and then he works with brokers. Like, so that's people like me that actually develop the business with these shippers and stuff like that. And as you know, that that can be very lucrative. But this that this is just one industry, and and there's a shortage of truckers right now in the U.S. There's eighty, like the U.S. should have at least another eighty thousand truckers right now to fill the demand uh, that's out there right now, and people are not picking this up because they think that to get ahead, you know, you're not seeing many twenty year olds uh, looking for trucking jobs. But they could make uh, a way, uh, uh, a living way beyond the um, the median living, even with people that have degrees, just by just by being a just by being a trucker, right? That ultimately you can have your own trucking company, and you can make well, you can that's make what really my, good. That's what, that's what my dad does. My dad's done that for over thirty years. Exactly. You know, I never, I never knew I, I was going to end up in the in the trucking industry, but it's a it's a it's a very essential and important industry. And it, I mean, there's so many trades, like so many of these kids that are going going to university and coming out with useless degrees, and then they're a barista, uh, you know, at a Starbucks or whatever uh, until like they're 30, 35. You know, they. They could they could do a a course for a year and make like fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred grand a year, man. You know. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> the farther north you the farther north you go, the more the more lucrative it becomes. Yeah, yeah, and in the U.S., I think it's the opposite. Like you go to Texas and stuff like that. You know, you have like some type of trade. Uh, you know, trade experience or certification. Uh, you go to Texas, uh, either in the oil industry or in the construction industry, you're making bank, man. You're making bank for sure. <clears throat> right. So, yeah, so that's kind of the gist of, uh, of the clown world order we live in. Yeah. You know, but- it's a discussion that could last hours or days, even nonstop. But uh, yeah. <laughs> it often I does. Think, yeah, but I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of topics. But all in all, I'll say like Steven Pinker, and I mean, I I have the luxury of being able to, to to work from, you know, just to do my business from home and all that. So yeah, I do. I, I I'm very well aware of all this crap, but I mean we've never lived in such a glorious time in my opinion uh if you're able to abstract away all this all this crap i mean what a crazy time i mean there's friends i haven't seen in years that like in the flesh but that i talk to uh, every week by playing video games and these and these these worlds like we're we're Right now, we're like in the embryonic phase of the metaverse, right? Like we're we're Metaver- gonna be the metaverse, <laughs> okay? Yeah, exactly. Like there, there's gonna be a point. I think you know, 
if you, uh, you, I know you're familiar with the um, the sing- singularity theory. I thought, right? I thought or, you were going to bring up the singularity. Yeah. So basically, the the metaverse is basically when we get to to a point where technology and real life is completely overlapped and Sym- symbiotic. Yeah, exactly. Like you can all, and, and the the reason why I say it's already em- embryonic at this point is that almost everything we do now is has a digital form of medium. I mean, what we're doing right now uh, is a, is a there's a digital medium uh, involved, right? Um, oh, it, we, it's like a, it's like an analog data dump in a sense. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. The, the bit the bit rate is just a lot slower than if I was directly wired into uh, into an actual computer network, right? Yeah, or if you were uh, in a big city, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, man, <laughs> White Horse ain't that small. <laughs> what up? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Come on. <laughs> on a positive note, how small is it, Bill? <laughs> uh, population wise, it's over thirty five thousand. Yeah, small. That's that, for me. That's for me. That's big, man. Going going from going from TR to to uh, thirty five thousand. That's a that, that's a that's a life improvement right there. Yeah, I get yeah, well. I know uh, it's it's uh, it's all a question of perspective, I guess. Right? I I guess. I mean, I just I don't know, man. You can take the boy out of the wilderness, but you can't take the wilderness out of the man. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, but uh, yeah, positive note. Like, what are what are some of the what are some of the situations uh, right now that you you feel optimistic? Not just in your in your personal life, yes, but also just in general, like the. Uh, the future of things societal societal society society or culturally or whatever uh well i really think that uh you know at least my for myself like we're moving towards uh, at least in in the yukon they're they're moving towards more renewable or sustainable energy um, mm-hmm. so i'm you know i've Got multiple irons in the fire, as John knows. I'm, <laughs> I'm always, well, I'm pretty much always podcasting now. <laughs> or, Indeed, or work, working. The 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 potential up here to flip from flip some real estate is is pretty big. <laughs> Who knew? So I, I've been uh, been doing this. Uh, the, the, doing this some, this was a great surprise to me, folks. <laughs> yeah, so I've been I've been doing some some real estate. Investing, studying, uh, getting, getting, uh, getting a coach, a coach, getting a few coaching calls, and uh, I might be might be doing some joint venture deals starting in the new year. Nice. Uh, and also, yeah, uh, I was thinking, like, because there's a lot of government workers up here that have like contracts for short periods of time, so they don't necessarily work long periods. Uh, yeah, Air, Airbnb rentals is also probably pretty good market to get into as well up here okay uh, between that and 
four other podcasts. <laughs> well, two, 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 two other podcasts. Yeah. Um, and then teaching, teaching full time and working towards getting my contractor's license. I'll have that. I'll have that by next year too. So. Yeah. So you, you'll legitimately be able to have a business in all aspects. Yeah. Be completely um, independent with that. Correct. Yeah. I can, I can, I can legally pull electrical permits and close electrical permits. It's all, it's all yeah. hunky. It's all hundred percent legal. Yeah, exactly. At that point you can start hiring people and, uh, you know, really yeah. build something. That's, a, that's, that's your yeah. own. That's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, yeah. Reached out to, the Yukon Energy Corporation might do, try to do some consulting work for them in it as well. Um, so yeah, it's just generally speaking, like um, considering where I was a year ago, uh, in a completely different headspace, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, and and this Burn. year you you tried uh, you 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 uh, dipped your toes in a lot of different. Uh, a lot of different avenues that are were outside your your comfort zone, right? Uh, new skills you've acquired, new skills, uh, you know, like like you've talked about on the podcast before, sales and marketing and all that, which will just be additional tools in your tool belt tool belt yeah, to um, accomplish your goals yeah. and such, right? Yeah, I, I I'm I I would I would yeah I'm not a I'm not a traditional electrician by any means, and I don't define myself as the, as such. Um, yeah, like exactly. Stephanie, it's if I was gonna if I was gonna put myself in one category, I'd I'd say entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, or, or private private business with side hustles on. on, on yeah, um, yeah. Which I said earlier, we're in we're in the conceptual age, and that's what we're kind of rewarded for. Yeah, anything else? Higher, anything? higher, higher risk. Well, uh, you know, I'll. Uh, I think I'll go. I'll go on the positive note myself. Um, plus, I haven't been on this uh, for on this show for a while. So, um, yeah, my myself, like in 2020, I had like my my own uh, personal hiccups um, that kind of translated in various spheres, including business in my life and so on. And, uh, 2021, uh, a lot of kind of, kind of the same thing, stepping out of my, uh, my comfort zone, trying, uh, new skills and new industries and, and all that. And, but, you know, ultimately, ultimately I, I, I feel that I'm, I'm at home in the freight industry and the IT industry. I, I'm more on the business development and sales side of things, but by, by kind of stepping out of my comfort zone and going beyond just like the, uh, an industry that uh, I've known, um, you know, I, I went into the financial industry um, and I, and I've been in the IT industry prior, but this is a, uh, this is enterprise sales, uh, sales and business development. So it's a it's a completely different caliber of client and uh, people you need to talk to. So we're talking about C CEOs, uh, CIOs of 
multi-million and multi-billion dollar companies without naming any companies. Uh, but we're talking about reaching out to companies that all most of the listeners have heard about and some very big companies uh, that are lesser known but are still huge. So it's it's definitely been a, a big challenge, and I would say still a challenge today. But it's worth it's worth it. It's kind of a new rite of passage, right? When you get to a certain level in life, um, I was actually I, I felt that I was actually too comfortable in the freight industry, and from taking a hiatus and having to go back into it and starting from somewhat scratch and uh, rebuild a book of business, it, it's actually humbling, and it and and it actually. But it's actually, it, it made me feel it's like, wow, uh, I, I know where I took this initially. And it really doesn't take a long time to, to have to kind of restart a lot of the processes and stuff. And I kind of uh, respect and love myself more for all the work I did like many years ago to, took it, to take it to where I did uh, all the way to 2020 because it's... Um, definitely wasn't easy and it, it kind of brings back the memories and i'm like wow uh you know i know i'm going to make this it think uh i'm going to bring this it business to where i want it to be also but it's going to take me to the next level so <clears throat> to be comfortable in two lucrative industries and to to have access to all the technology we do today to be in a loving relationship uh, <clears throat> with my wife and just seeing the end of this, uh, this pandemic and all that. I, I mean, I know we still have a few bumps to, uh, to overcome and all that, but all in all, I think we've, uh, as a whole, as a planet, as a species, we're, 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 we're going to, we're seeing the light at the other end and I'm curious to see uh, how we're going to move on. Right. It's, uh, uh, it's not all doom and gloom for me, for, for sure, on the state of uh, culture and all that. I, I think we're in a very chaotic, transformational stage. But uh, I am hopeful that, you know, the, the, these large pendulum swings are going to start are, are going to start recalibrating. And I think uh, we might see a golden age, uh, a golden age in our lifetime. So. And Bitcoin, think, to uh, the, Bitcoin to the moon. <clears throat> Bitcoin, Cardano, because I, I hold a, a, a bit of a Cardano, and uh, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking to cash it out soon. I'm already in a pretty good profit. Profit, but uh, yeah, crypto to the moon, man. The crypto to the moon, because uh, that's definitely that's definitely a uh, a technology that's uh, causing a lot of waves and can transform a lot of a lot of uh, the problems we have today into uh, better problems down the line. Non Non-fungible tokens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. NFTs. Well, I mean, like, like if you're in real estate NFTs, man, that's probably going to be a huge part uh, of the future of real estate. Being able to develop contracts, uh, real estate contracts, and stuff like that uh, through uh, non-fungible tokens, which are basically contracts and stuff like that, um, where you don't have to go through banks and all that to uh, settle uh, real estate, uh, real estate situations and stuff like that. I mean, the, the applications are endless uh, with all these projects uh, on uh, on the horizon here. So it's uh, 
It's it's going to be very interesting times. Yeah, essentially me, I a lot I don't even really care if it's glorious or or not dark or light. I I just want the future to be interesting. That's a good way. That's a very Taoist, very Taoist outtake on it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Dark, like, darker light, we'll take it as it is. To be honest, like this clown world order, as much as it, it can bring out like, what the fuck is this? And a little bit of uh, uh, of cringe and outrage and even sometimes and exasperation. I, I, I think it's interesting, right? We're talking about it and, you know... I think we're so comfortable that we need things to, to bicker and fight about. And hopefully all that, what that does is the fire that kind of molds uh, uh, something brand new down the line. That's, that's better than it was before. Yeah. So. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I guess we'll sign it off. Uh, yes, sir. It's been Will S with the Doomer Bloomer podcast. Resurrection of John Wynn. Yeah, and your sporadic host, John Wynn. All right, guys. Remember to check us out on all our socials at the Doomer Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We do not have TikTok. Do not invite that Chinese virus onto your phone. All right. Definitely agree. Cheers. <laughs>